balancing and load management tools and techniques, and they can manage any traffic you can throw at them. And that's super important. And it ties into our fifth reason why, and that Amazon sellers should consider Shopify, is because it's a hosted solution. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. But if that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 385. Just a few hours ago, Forbes published an article titled, E-commerce will explode this holiday season and put retailers and their strategies to the test. They predict e-commerce sales are going to be up between 18 and 35% between two surveys that they've recently published. and. We're all wondering what's going to happen this winter. If you're wondering about Shopify and you're eager to figure out how to get it sorted out for your business, then this episode is for you. Michael, are you ready to jump into this topic? Absolutely. Yeah. It's really coming up organically in the uh, mastermind meetings, really, I have to say. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a hot topic right now. Yeah. So your 10K Collective group there in London has amazing Amazon sellers and e-commerce professionals. Yeah. What's the vibe on the street there in London in terms of the vibe on the street in London? Yeah. The vibe on the street is that I think out of, in the last meeting, we had uh, a few people in news or some people just getting very busy with family life, distracting them for business. I think when you're at home, that's the problem with Zoom meetings rather than in person. But two out of the six people we had there were really pushing hard for their own um, stores. I think at least one of them is on the Shopify platform. So it's really a thing. It's not a theory and it's not a discussion point. It's an action point now. So I think the, the audience of Amazon sellers is really ripe to hear about how it should be done, why it should be done. And that's why I think it's a really great discussion point right now. Sure. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Why do you think that's occurring? What's going on in their minds and where they at with their e-commerce efforts? Sure. I think, first of all, what you said about e-commerce exploding, I heard uh, that people are predicting Amazon might ramp up as much as 150 to 200 percent which is an insane figure now it doesn't even have to be a fraction of that for it to be an incredibly exciting time and as amazon sellers as a percentage of e-commerce is so big on amazon we stand to take a huge percentage of the revenue however anyone who sells only on amazon in their honest moments will just share the fear of being all taken away not to mention the daily frustrations of dealing with bureaucracy that is seller central i'm working with a client at the moment to try and set up some apparent child variation as they call it so a bunch of very similar listings that need to be interchangeable in, in the sort of browsing experience yeah. for the customer. And it's incredible. Like I've had probably 10 Amazon experts help me with it. I've been fighting with Seller Central, my client's been doing it and we're still no further forward. Now we'll solve it eventually, but that's just an example of something that if I had my own site, I swear I probably could have built half of a site by now. 
So uh, there are many downsides. And the other yeah. thing is really you don't get control. And I think the most important positive thing is the control that you can get over upselling, downselling, cross-selling, reliably mm -hmm. engineering a yeah. predictable long lifetime customer value, which is just not in your gift as an Amazon seller. And the end, you don't own the customer relationship Amazon does. And that's really, I think, the bit where serious business sellers at some point go, I want to own that relationship. I want the lifetime customer value that I can control. Yeah. And I don't want unnecessary bureaucracy getting in the way of building my business. So that's yeah. really the thing I would say. We structured this podcast as a nine, a listicle, nine reasons why Amazon sellers should set up a Shopify site today. So you just touched on the first one, which was control. And I think anyone who sells at volume or at scale on Amazon or has in the past will get that tension. And, but what they might not realize is the freedom of expression and ownership and control on Shopify that they can get. And so I think there is a, a big opportunity there to just, it's almost like a psychological uh, reason. It's the reason you need Shopify in your life is because if you're going to scale your business to, let's just say it's seven figure or beyond, I've heard other people say it in different ways, but the idea is you can't build a business on someone else's land. You've got to, at some point, have your own control over your own e-commerce effort. And that's really the idea for the first reason why we think people should set up their Shopify site today. That's the first one. And I think most people would just intuitively get that one. But what else keeps your guys, your clients up at night? What's worrying those fintech collective members these days? There's a longish list. I've already mentioned the sort of bureaucracy of Seller Central. And you have to spend a lot of, you have to budget. And there are people that have, for big enough businesses, one of the guys has a VA, he's basically dedicated to fighting Seller Central over petty things that wow. need to be raised 10 times in order to change. So that, that's one, it's not fear as a frustration because it slows things down in a way that doesn't really seem necessary. But really the main thing is account suspension. Mm -hmm. I've got a, a friend of mine, not a close personal friend, but certainly I've, somebody I've hung out with in, in various private groups for many years now. And his entire Amazon account doing about half a million dollars in revenue was suspended for about three months, about three years ago now. Yeah. And uh, he's incredibly, he's come back from that and he built something to a million dollars a month, the first person I knew to, to do that, which is great. But the same person may not be the same company, maybe the same entities, because he's a smart guy at getting around these things. About a year later, had another account suspended on the basis of one very mildly worded email from one of his VAs, wow. who was basically wasn't far outside the line, but Amazon decided that was a, some yeah. kind of attempt to manipulate the reviews and was a policy violation as opposed to metrics problem, which they take very seriously. And then again, they had their listing suspended and we'll work with him for a while to potentially try and sell his products via my channel, which was looking a bit messy and eventually managed to create another channel via another business entity and, and sort it out. But that's like the ultimate nightmare. And yeah. I've known two or three people personally had their accounts suspended, most of them not as horrible as that, but that is you basically everything Never. freezes. Your money's frozen in Amazon Seller Central. They've got your inventory. Even trying to talk to them sometimes, it sounds insane, but sometimes they won't let you talk to them because you don't have a Seller Central account that's active anymore. Oh, you can't wow. even communicate with them to even solve it. So crazy stuff happens. It can be dealt with. And if, by the way, if you're in that situation, please don't do it yourself. Contact the experts and get in touch with me and I can put you in touch with some good people. Yeah. Some of whom are lawyers. But yes. that's obviously the big nightmare, right? So I guess I've never one. thought about the implication that your inventory is in their warehouses if you're in that situation and Everything's your money frozen. is in their yeah. bank account. It's not good. Yeah. It's really a nuclear situation and it can happen. It's not just a theoretical possibility. I've known yeah. several people. It can be solved, but nevertheless, it's a mess. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that, that's really, that gets to the idea. I guess that would be number two on our list. And that would be safety, seller safety, just business secure. I guess it's really business risk mitigation in a way, but you've got to protect yourself. Chris Miller just commented and said, this is the reason I'm reluctant to sell on Amazon. Yeah. Th- these are some of these reasons we touch on today in this episode, I think will be really top of mind for people in our community. But I think that point to that point, which I think is a really critical one, and thanks for the input, but I would say either or is not the right mentality. As, as Tim Ferriss said, I know you, you and I are both fans of the several work week, not either or, but both and. Amazon offers incredible upside when it works, and it works incredibly well most of the time. Yeah. Obviously, the downside risk is substantial. So I would suggest you, you have both. I don't, I'm not suggesting to anyone in the 10K Collective that they stop selling on Amazon. Okay. And but I'm observing that they are wisely adding a sales channel, not changing from two. So yeah. I would suggest that both is the solution, which is an important point to make, I think. Yeah, it's a critical point to make because that leads us to our third reason why Amazon sellers should set up a Shopify site today. And that reason is related to the value of your business when you have more than just one sales channel, right? So talk to us about valuation of the business and why having a Shopify site adds a real business value to your what you're doing. Absolutely. I'm not a business broker, nor do I play one on the internet. I love that phrase, by the way. I've still seen that from you forever. But I've spoken to a lot of business brokers at a huge amount of depth about this for the podcast. Yeah. And I've spoken to friends of mine. I must know like 15 people who sold Amazon businesses. It happens all the time. And if you're wanting to sell what is primarily an FBA business, that's the main entity that you're offering. Nevertheless, the multiple of the EBITDA for an off Amazon with a business with a substantial off Amazon component in terms of sales channel is higher. What that means, EBITDA is a fancy word for the profit, basically, or strictly speaking, it's a set of discretionary earnings. So more or less, the profit that falls out of the business, whether you take it home yourself as the owner or whether you keep it in the business, right? That figure is the one that is used. And then you add the multiplier, you multiply by the multiplier and that it gives you the value of the business. There are about 20 ways of valuing a business as I understand it, but that's the one that's commonly used in the e-commerce space that I've seen anyway. And for a pure Amazon-based business, you're looking at about two and a half times the annual profits, basically, Mm -hmm. is the value of the business. Maybe three if it's big enough. Now, I don't know the exact multiple you're going to get if you add 30% of your revenue or so on shopping. It's going to be up maybe another up to maybe three or four times, which Mm -hmm. means if you think about it, you're making the same profit, but you're suddenly getting a vastly bigger paycheck when you sell the company which is just fantastic. And that includes the money you've taken home yourself as a seller, as an owner of the business. That's part of the thing you multiply. So it's a beautiful thing. And so it's a really seriously great reason, a very positive reason to add a substantial part of your business outside of Amazon. And nevertheless, it's primarily the same entity. Yeah. And I guess to just articulate that a little bit differently, if you look at it from a different lens, if you're a buyer of a business and you ask yourself, what am I buying? There's value to having a real brand that has a proven community of customers. And you don't have that on Amazon. You, you can have a private label brand, you can have a brand, but you can't prove the social proof and strength of the brand separated out from Amazon. But with the by platform, you can say, we have a powerful brand and we've got 600,000 customers that have come through. We have the data on or whatever it is. And those are the elements that create the value for your future sale of your business. Absolutely. kind of stuff, yeah. Absolutely right. That's one interesting case study that's working its way through the the 10K Collective Mastermind, which I can't speak to as a completed case study yet. But somebody's working on a business sale with some brokers 
And they're aiming for four to five times EBITDA, which is a seriously mm-hmm. good multiple. And the reason isn't primarily the sales channel thing as so much mm-hmm. as the customer data that they've collected, primarily through WordPress slash Google SEO and that sort of thing. But it's the customer relationship ultimately and how that shows up, email lists, retargeting lists and so forth. But it's really about that relationship. And as you say, that that's the another way of saying a similar thing, except it's not just about the sales channel. It's about, as you yeah. say, having a real brand in the sense of, a set of customers who love what you do and feel connected with you and your brand. And so it's another way of looking at the same thing, but Absolutely. yeah, so it, it all comes to the same thing, which is creating your own real business and it refers back to your point number one, which is like psychologically owning the land you stand on is a healthy thing. Yeah, sure. That's, so look, we've articulated pretty well why we might want to have an alternative to Amazon. So that's pretty clear, I think, but why Shopify specifically? Oh, it's a great question. Love, love talking about Shopify. I consider myself the ultimate Shopify fanboy. And we took the journey to migrate to Shopify when we were really looking for tech solutions in 2013 was really the breaking point for us. We had scaled on WordPress with a shopping cart, various shopping carts. And so that when we went on the hunt, when we looked at all the options, what's out there, what's available. And we were really fortunate to have chosen Shopify before many people had really heard about it and really understood the value proposition of what Shopify has ultimately built. And we've just been incredibly honored and blessed to be a part of it. They featured us in 2014. That was fun. And we've just had a great time with it. And so I speak from my own personal experience. I also speak from my experience being an e-commerce operator for what was it four years on wordpress and so i understand both dynamics now i haven't tried all the other platforms i do have clients that i've worked with who have used other platforms i can't speak to them from firsthand experience but only through a third third party perspective but i'd just like to talk about the power of the ideas related to shopify and why they're so beneficial and i'll just say this would be the fourth thing in our list of nine reasons why and that's scalability. The reason we ultimately had to find a new solution was because we achieved the big goal of having traffic to our website. And that's like the e-commerce new folks, their first goal is how do I get customers to my Shopify or to my website? But the, that's not the (laughs) long-term, that's just the first goal, but that goal creates a new problem. And that problem is that your site will start breaking and it breaks in many ways. And I could chronicle all the ways in which our WordPress platform would bring many points of failure are just obvious in that system. And so the scalability issue with Shopify is just really super important that they're able to absorb as much traffic as you send to them instantly. And the best example I can share of this idea of scalability and why it's so important is got a good, I guess you could say example in Death Wish Coffee. Mike Brown is the founder, great guy. Recently interviewed him for my new book that's coming up, e-commerce power, by the way, a little infomercial. And Mike was very gracious to give us a wonderful Q and a interview for the book. His big breakthrough with Death Wish Coffee. And if you're not familiar with it, it's the number one coffee search result on Amazon. It's just crushing it and has crushed it for years now. And it's a wonderful story that one of his breakthrough moments was when he got a commercial 
in the Super Bowl because he went through a kind of a contest and he won. And he, his brand was featured in the Super Bowl with a free commercial. And he was on Shopify. And so, of course, he let Shopify customers support know ahead of time, hey, my site's going to be featured in the Super Bowl. But what happened into his site as he looked at it, and I don't remember the exact numbers. I should ask him again so I have this story exactly correct. But he went, in essence, from dozens of visitors on his site in that moment to something insane. Like it, it was literally like hundreds of thousands of visitors on his site instantaneously. Now, if there's ever been a use case for scalability problems or challenges, I would think that would be it. And, and Shopify held up fine. His site did not crash under that pressure. And the reason is because Shopify is massive company. They employ massive server balancing and load management tools and techniques, and they can manage any traffic you can throw at them. And that's super important. And it ties into our fifth reason why, and that Amazon sellers should consider Shopify is because it's a hosted solution. Michael, any commentary on scalability and death wish coffee before we move into the hosted solution? <laughs> any thoughts on that? Yeah, Deathwish is a very cool e-commerce success story. And obviously, I didn't know that you'd interviewed Mike Brown. That's yeah. really cool. But yeah, I think scalability is critical because here's the thing that if you're going from Amazon to something else, you're used to Amazon handling right. things at scale. And it would be a bit of a culture shock to go to something yeah. that you have to repair yourself all the time. And it would be a bit like going from working uh, at a high level for a really big company to running a really dingy little corner shop. Wouldn't it? It, would be a, it would be a very yeah. disappointing thing. So that's great to hear. And yeah, scalability is crit critical because there's no point in going out of the frying pan into the fire. If I'm thinking about, again, creating a sellable asset in your business yeah. and what would a buyer want, well, they really yeah. don't want something where it's going to break all the time. You have to be some kind of computer whiz kid just to get your yeah. site to work because that sounds incredibly unattractive. Yeah. So tell me about this hosted solution. Why is that important? Is that just a technicality kind of something for the backroom boys? Why does that? Yeah, it's a backroom boys. This. Idea of hosted and self-hosted is a really a WordPress construct in a way, but the idea here is that Shopify manages all the server related issues, but more than that, they manage the issues related to the shopping cart code and security related code. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 385. Make sure that things like uptime is insanely managed. Like we would have uptime issues in our old version of WordPress reality. Frequently, the site would just be down. Shopify basically, I think if I remember correctly, has been down that I remember just momentarily two times for us since 2013. Now it might be technically different, but just so it's so rare, it's not even a, an issue. So uptime is a massive issue. And this basically what would happen in our circumstance with our old solutions was we would set up a marketing campaign and be like, okay, we're going to have a big sale. We're going to do a big thing. We got a big idea going. We've got some big email idea or whatever. And we would then kick it off and then the site would crash. It never crashes at 9 a.m. when you're looking at your website. It'll crash at 12.15 when you've gone to bed and then your site crashes in the old world and you wouldn't know it. And I would, we'd literally wake up and be like, oh my gosh, our big sales day. You know, it was like Black Friday or whatever. It's like our big day toast. 
And so this idea that they've managed these issues and, uh, and have a hosted solution is just infinitely better. It's also, you don't have to worry about having a hosting company, any of those details, you, you, nothing can go wrong in essence at that level. And so that's a big deal. And I know that a lot of people who are control freaks hear the word self-hosted and think that means you have more control. It's actually kind of like one of those weird mind tricks where it actually means the opposite. If you have a hosted solution by a provider, then you've got that taken care of with them all in one go, one relationship. And, and I'll be blunt, the idea of hosted solutions has won the day. And it was probably an, it was probably a thing three, four, five, six, seven years ago where it was even debatable. And now it's just, there's just the, the only solutions for software as a service tools are they manage the server loads, all that kind of stuff. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I don't have any experience of selling via WordPress uh, as an e-commerce seller, but I've got plenty of experience of running a WordPress site, which is a substantial part of one of my businesses, Amazing sure. MBA. And I have to say, it's a bit like the PC versus Mac experience. I'm working on a Mac right now. Why is that? I used to have PCs. I'd like control. I'm the sort of person that likes to get under the hood, as you put it in the States. But actually, yeah. in the end, you emerge blinking, covered in engine grease, thinking, actually, I haven't really got any further forward than if I just had something that worked. So although it may be, it appeals to the inner engineer in me, that's yeah. actually, uh, one of the guys in Mastermind is an engineer. And yeah. this is an important point to make, I think. He said, engineering, it's a condition, not a profession. Here's how they say it. As the grandson of an engineer and the nephew of an engineer, I can yeah. relate to that. I'd like to fiddle with things, but in the end, you've got to think about what is the best use of my time and energy. And my Mac generally is plug and play. It does yeah. stuff and it does it in a predictable way because somebody has taken the taste to eliminate a loss of possibilities. And what is left, they've done well, and it serves a particular purpose. Yeah. And I think that it sounds like Shopify is that thing. WordPress, I'd say, you, you, if you plug in updates, for example, can crash an entire site. So if you're in professional, you need to have a development site, which you test everything on yeah. before you then push it to the live site. Um, you're actually still on platforms. I use a um, WordPress engine to be the mm -hmm. hosting provider because Bluehost wasn't cutting it. It was too slow. Yeah. And then slow sites are terrible for SEO. So you're shoving away customers. And you're still on platforms. I'm on WordPress engine and I'm on WordPress. Yeah. So I don't, not really independent. So yeah, I can really well, relate to that. I can relate the, to what you're saying. Here's the meta topic that's really crucial here. And this is, sorry, if this is geeking out over this too much. I've thought a lot about this issue. Here's the thing about it. You never want to be in business with a partner that has an opposing objective. And if you think about a hosting company, the, the ones you mentioned, are like for in a WordPress context, those people's mission is to maximize revenue by creating efficiency on servers, meaning they do not want to overinvest. They do not want to overschedule staffing. They do not want to overbuild server capacity. They want to eat out as much profit. And that means they want to constrain everything related to your site being fast, efficient, up and ready to go. And they do this dance where they really invest into their businesses at the beginning and get a lot of happy customers. And then over a few years, they start to get leaner and leaner. And you start to see, well, where, what happened to all your customer service reps? What happened to you? What happened to your wife? Why am I on the server with 92 other weirdo like websites? Like all these things start to emerge. And what you realize, if you really stop and think about it is they have opposing business goals, just different than you. And what, what Shopify's goal is to facilitate the transaction with you in the e-commerce exchange. That's what they're designed to do. 
They make money and grow their business when they have happily executing vendors and store owners. And the harmony and alignment in the goal structure is really a meta issue. Hey folks, thank you very much for listening to this first part of a two-part mini-series on why Amazon sellers should start a Shopify store today. And when we say today, we almost literally mean that because it is a lot easier than you think. And that's been the experience of several members of the Mastermind recently. We're going to obviously continue with this topic in our next episode. Just to quickly recap what we've said today, um, the first reason is control. You can get back some control. You can upsell, downsell. You, you basically own the land you're building your business on. The second one is safety. Amazon account suspension does happen. Listing suspension where you can't keep selling the same product happens even more frequently. The third reason is business valuation, the multiple of the business that you start from. If you have your own assets, whether your own sales channel, such as Shopify store or customer lists is just a more valuable business. Number four is scalability. It's not going to break unlike your own hosted solutions, the famous death wish coffee example. Number five, it's hosted. So you don't have to deal with hosting, which can be a nightmare. As I know from my experience with WordPress, it can have its issues. Coming up, we have reasons six, seven, eight, and nine, which includes some great stuff. So stay listening as ever. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 385. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.